welcome to the Cowbell Fever podcast. I recorded this podcast with meteorologist Ketzel Evans last week, then I skied some races, and then I got sick, so it's just coming out now, um, probably on Tuesday. But not much has changed up in Berkeyland. There's been some cold weather since we talked, and there's still plenty of snow. With the race coming up in less than a month, we've once again partnered with Pioneer Midwest to give Cowbell Fever listeners a discount on their race wax service. Pioneer Midwest is run by Berkey champion Matt Leach, and the wax team is run by a World Cup wax tech, Jeremy Hecker, who we talked to last year ago, and you can find that on episode 43. It's all about how their wax team works and what their waxing philosophy is. So if you use them, you'll get a good wax job. You know, that's, that's always nice. But what I've said before, it's so much less stressful to have someone else wax my skis before the race and have another thing to worry about on Thursday and Friday with equipment and travel and all the things that come with waxing and all of those logistics, figuring out what the right wax is, making sure I have the right wax, getting it done, not getting sleep because I'm waxing, inhaling for... Ooh, no, 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 we don't do that anymore. Inhaling whatever we would inhale now that we don't have fluoros. Just really easy to put, give that over to someone else. Plus, they're going to have better equipment. They're going to have better variety of wax. They're going to have more time to test. It's a great way to make your whole race experience better, so I highly suggest it. So if you're interested, head over to PioneerMidwest.com, select their Berkey Race Wax package, and use the promo code PODCAST for a few dollars off. When I checked in where they were waxing skis and cable last year, they had about 400 that they were waxing, and not all of them were podcast listeners, but some certainly were. So let's try to move both those numbers up. I'll be skiing on a Pioneer Midwest wax job this year, and I expect to go fast. Thank you, Ketzel, for coming on uh, again. Ketzel is a, you've been on three or four or five times, but the sort of staff meteorologist for the Cowbell Fever podcast. I was just saying that we might be able to get Ed Leipsch, who's Matt Leipsch's dad, on on another podcast and just see how many weather people. But but today we we just have you, so we'll, we'll have to make do. Just wanted to touch base now that we're just over four weeks from the race. We're recording this on Thursday and uh, might get it up in the next couple of days to talk about some of the weather in the Midwest and how it's looking for the Berkey and how the skiing's been going and what we're looking forward to. So thanks for coming on. And uh, why don't we get started talking about just sort of the overall weather patterns in the country this year. It's been a bit of a crazy season, especially outside the Midwest. The Midwest has experienced some atypical weather, but it's doesn't make the headlines that you see you've seen out of Buffalo or California. So what's sort of been going on the first couple months of winter? Yeah, we've had quite the start. If you have any meteorologist friends, give them a pat on the back because they're probably pretty tired after everything they went through in December and early January. Um, we kind of we started off pretty early in November. We kind of got snow up in our neck of the woods mid-November-ish, and we pretty much hung on to it. We really started getting going in December, however, and we had a big couple storms in December that really kind of began the snowpack in our neck of the woods. We got what the National Weather Service in Duluth has coined the blue blizzard, which was mid-December, and that laid down a couple feet in several areas, and it's pretty much stuck around since, and that was followed by just a couple more storms in December, plus on and off kind of snow and some freezing rain and rain through January as well. So we've had a lot of active winter weather. Um, we're not having any today, which has allowed us to be graced by the sun for one of the first times this month. Um, unfortunately, a lot of snow ends up coming with a lot of clouds as well. So everyone really, really has been appreciating that sun when it's been coming out this winter. 
And it's been a relatively warm uh, month of January, I think one of one of the warmest on record. Has it even been below zero in Duluth? Are you finally getting cold? Um, we're about to, basically. So yeah, we are currently in Duluth sitting at our second warmest January on record at the moment. We'll see what some cold temps to end out the month do to that. But um, it's it's been really weird, honestly, especially because we're very biased towards whatever happened to the year previously. Last year, our January was really, really cold, and we were setting a lot of um, kind of, or getting close to some cold records, um, and just kind of really living in a very, clippers were coming through pretty consistently, um, and we just stayed really cold, versus this year, we have gotten warm enough to get rain a couple times, which is really weird for us. Just a lot of blue extra wax has been used so far in January. Yeah, usually you don't hear much in the way of rain and it's a lot of below zero and this year has been a much warmer year. How does that how does that correlate with some of the other weather patterns we've been seeing? You know, we we've heard a lot about just the the snow and all the precipitation and rain and snow hitting the Sierra. Um, does that spill over into Duluth? Does, are these somewhat interrelated or are there different weather patterns? I know that you've done some studies some on this, so feel free to go as deep into it as you'd like. Yeah, for sure. It's really interesting when you kind of zoom out to a a continental scale and how everything plays together. And you can zoom out even farther and look at the fact that, you know, we're within a La Nina Enso cycle, but we'll we'll stay kind of focused on on just the continental United States. Obviously, the atmospheric rivers that have been hitting the West Coast have been a a major story, and they're finally kind of catching their breath for a second um, now towards the end of the month. But it's it's really interesting to see how that can work its way into our systems. Generally, if we're going to get a very typical Colorado low pressure system that winds itself up in the southwest and then zooms northeast and hits the upper Midwest, generally there is some kind of moisture that has hit the Pacific coast first and wound its way into that storm. And then that low pressure will also pick up moisture from the Gulf of Mexico as well. And that's that's the main moisture source for most of our storms is the Gulf of Mexico. In the kind of first half of January or end of December, first half of January, we had this really interesting pattern where there was big low pressure over the West coast, some kind of high pressure over the East coast, which I'm sure you all loved those above normal temperatures that sat over your neck of the woods for a while. And that kind of put us in the middle. Um, We were really kind of doing a stuck in the middle with you sort of thing for several weeks where depending on how that moved, we would get one or the other. So every now and again, that high pressure would come in and we would be on the warm side um, and we'd get some moisture advection from the Gulf of Mexico with that. And then the low pressure would come in and we'd get kind of a storm that would ride along that. We were certainly benefiting from the continued moisture coming off of the Pacific. So those atmospheric rivers that are slamming, slamming into the West Coast there, obviously they're dumping most of their moisture on the mountains as that air is lifted over the Sierras, which I think I saw some just like absolutely insane snow depths out there a couple days ago, let alone the amount of liquid that is actually sitting in that snowpack. So most of it dumps out in the West Coast, but it can certainly act as fuel into our storms. We haven't had like some super, super big low pressures since some of our bigger storms in December, but we've gotten just continuous moisture has has worked its way into our area. And like I said, it's been really, really cloudy. Um, So that's kind of been one of those factors, um, as well as that continued push of warm air is not always at the surface, but it has sometimes been 
slightly above, which actually led to some prolonged inversions in the area that led to some really poor air quality a couple weeks ago as well. So that's kind of all of those things have been playing together very interestingly. Yeah, and if you look at it, it, it's been above normal temperature-wise, except for that one sort of cold snap around Christmas, but it hasn't been really warm. So I I remember last year in December, I think it went up into the mid-50s and there were thunderstorms. Um, It hasn't been above 40 really anywhere between Hayward and Duluth and, and, and elsewhere, I think since November. So even though it's been warm, it hasn't been the kind of warm that's melted a lot of snow. So you have a nice, good snowpack. Exactly. Yeah. So it's been the kind of warm that has been part of kind of dynamic low pressure systems that have brought a lot of precipitation to the area, but it has not been the kind of warm that melts a lot of that. Um, A little melting here and there. And um, last week we did get some just pure rain and a little melting that occurred, but that then switched over and the Hayward Cable area got four to eight inches of snow right after that, that rain fell. So it's really kind of balanced itself out and it's made for just an incredible snowpack on the ground right now. Um, Cable Hayward area has uh, snow depths, which is the amount of snow on the ground in the 20 to 24 inch plus range, which is a lot. Um, For that neck of the woods, that's, you know, eight to 16 inches above normal snow depth. So plenty of snow on the ground. And I don't completely want to drinks myself, but not too many signals that show that that kind of snow depth could melt either. It would take a lot to get that to, to go all the way down. Yeah, I think we looked at previous years, there, there have been some warmer years where there hasn't been snow and we've been on the edge right now. Not a lot of concern about the, uh, the snowpack. Um, one of the things that, that the warm weather and the thick snow, which acts as a blanket and, and insulates the ground, has meant is that there probably isn't as much frost in the ground and ice on the lakes as usual. I know that the Berkey is worried about skiing across the end of the lake. I saw that the city of Lakes Lopet uh, has shortened the race somewhat because of some of the channels are have some ice issues there. What are we looking at with lake ice and is the current upcoming uh, cold snap maybe going to help out with that? To your, the second part of your question, hopefully, but as far as what we're looking at um, hydrologically around the area, we, at the beginning of December, had a frost depth of seven inches at the National Weather Service Duluth office. We actually measure it weekly. After all of our heavy snow has come in, we quickly came up to just two inches of frost depth to the point where last week we actually had zero frost in the ground. So our frost has actually left since we've gotten a lot of that snow. Now it's going to be different in in some other places. There are certainly still places that have frost in the ground, but we've heard reports of um, like logging operations, for example, they usually rely on totally frozen soil to get logging trucks in and out in the winter, and they haven't been able to do some of those operations because the ground is very, very warm. So, and that is certainly a concern for lake ice. It depends which lake you're looking at. I haven't specifically gotten a report from Lake Hayward recently, um, but we have seen reports of just bad ice in general on inland lakes as well as Lake Superior, which is nearly ice-free right now where it does have ice. It's it's really, really bad kind of packy ice as well as that heavy snowpack on lakes has made for a slush layer. Um, I'm doing the No Caymanon this weekend over in Marquette and we are definitely a little bit concerned about what kind of slush might be present on some of those lake crossings um, and I know that they were dealing with that down in the cities as well as you mentioned. So we do have that potential slush layer 
And the other problem is the snowpack that we do have on the ground and on the lakes is not a super dense one. So it's got a ton of air in it as well, which just continues um, to exacerbate that insulating effect. Um, So hopefully if we have enough cold air that is cold enough and around for a decent amount of time, hopefully some of that cold air will get, get down to that ice and to that slush layer as well. Even though there has been some rain, you still sort of have a light snowpack, so the rain hasn't affected it that much. Yeah, not really. What we've seen is the rain that has come through. Um, Either the snow has been able to just kind of soak it up and act like a little sponge and not get too dense, um, or it has just led to an ice layer at one point in the snow. So if you take, um, I was actually just out this week, um, taking some cores of snow in certain areas where that rain has come through, you've got an ice layer couple inches down and then the rest of it is just this very kind of dry corny granular snow in you know untouched snow fields that have not been groomed down so we have certainly seen on the ski trails some transformed snow Um, new snow has fallen on top since that rain has fallen but in you know classic tracks there are spots of ice that have are kind of tilled into and groomed into some of those ski decks Yeah, and it's actually kind of nice to get some moisture in the snowpack so that it can be tilled up in a thick snowpack for for something like the Berkey. There have been years when it's just been the very dry snow that's sort of hard to groom up and especially that will fall apart. So that's actually not a bad thing to get some rain in there for systems like that. I I wonder even, uh, you might not not know the status, but is the Madeline Island Ice Road open this year or is the ice not even come into that part of the lake? Um, I'm originally from Bayfield, so I get frequent updates on what's happening in the channel. Um, It's definitely not open. I'm pretty sure it's just wide open water at the moment. Um, Wow. So the ferry is still running or are they on the boat? Yep. Oh, yeah. Ferry is definitely still running right now. They get, you know, operations shut down for the occasional gale on Lake Superior. But that's totally open. Pretty much the only ice on Lake Superior is up in the Thunder Bay area, as well as in Schwamigan Bay, and then some just very thin ice um, along protected shorelines here and there. Maybe that increases this week, but Lake Superior right now is at a near record low ice cover. Wow. And so that also means that if the winds blow right, you could get lake effect off the lake. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, We've got lake effect in the forecast right now for the Wisconsin South Shore. Lots of snow, but not a lot of ice. And um, we're sort of keeping our fingers crossed that the, uh, the cold weather will solidify the lake enough that we're able to ski the last bit of the race, um, although the rest of the race looks like it's probably in pretty good shape. Um, looking ahead, what's the forecast look like for the next couple of weeks, and are there any long-term signals that we can look at beyond that? Yeah, so at least for end of January into early February, we are currently outlooked for really high chances of below normal temperatures. Um, That's just beginning kind of this weekend is when we're expecting to begin kind of tanking those temperatures and expecting those to generally continue into at least early February. There's um, a little bit of some lower confidence as we get into kind of beyond the first week of February as to what might happen there. Um, But yeah, expecting really, really cold temperatures to fall in. It'll be a little bit warmer if you're in the lee side of the lake, but that will act to hopefully start to freeze some, (laughs) makes for some solid ice, freeze that snow down a little bit, 
it will probably lead to some lake effect coming off of Lake Superior, of course, as well. Um, and then I don't have a super clear answer for you as far as, um, you know, Berkey temperatures. I'm sure everyone would love to know what the forecast is going <laughs> to be for Berkey at this point. Um, but I always feel like I'm going to jinx myself a little bit. That late February time frame can, can be a little willy-nilly. Um, so at least for, for the foreseeable future, kind of the one to two week outlook, we are certainly looking colder than normal right now. So hopefully we come out in the next couple of weeks with a thick cold snowpack. We have a thick snowpack. We can cool it down some and, and solidify it such that even if there's a warm spell, we'll survive it. I guess, you know, if we didn't have much snow on the ground right now, it would be somewhat concerning. But with the snowpack and the cold weather upcoming, it's uh, looking pretty good for the race, especially just given how little cold there's been so far. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's truly amazing, the snowpack that we have on the ground uh, without the pretty much any cold that we've seen this winter. Um, so I don't think it's going to hurt anybody to, to get a little cold, other than maybe some noses and some fingertips might take a little bit of a beating for the next week. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hopefully just freeze down those lakes a little bit better with this cold temperature, have some really easy classic skiing for the next couple of weeks as well. So, and really to, to melt the snow that's on the ground to a level that would cause serious issues would be extremely impressive. You've had, you'd have to have not only a major heat wave as far as what kind of temperatures you would get to, but a length of a heat wave as well in February, which is obviously we've seen those warm temperatures in February before. I'm sure everyone still has a little bit of PTSD from a canceled Berkey, but that wouldn't have nearly the impact this year just because of the baseline snow that we've got on the ground. You're off to the no Cayman on. That's probably going to be a uh, uh, cold snowy race. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's going to be single digits, I think, for most of the race, as well as new snow, plus possibly some drifted snow, which will be super fun. <laughs> It'll be... A- Sounds like wintertime in the UP. Yes, it does. It'll be a good character building experience. <laughs> yeah, if we look at 2017, and I think that's the winter we all uh, want to forget, mm-hmm. um, right now at, at the, the, you know, the late January, they're sitting on eight inches of snow in Duluth, uh, a relatively warm January, but then it got into February. You know, it actually did peak up at 15 inches of snow on February 8th, but then there were, was the week where it was in the 50s. So, But there's significantly more snow on the ground right now than, than that year. So it would really take something extraordinary for the race to uh, be in jeopardy. Uh, Unfortunately, we've seen some pretty extraordinary weather so far this year. Hopefully we just uh, keep it cool for the next four weeks and see what we get on Berkey Day. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great to me. Thanks for checking in and best of luck on your rest of your ski season. And uh, we'll check back in in a couple of weeks, um, probably maybe a week before when we're getting some eyes on on the uh, actual race itself and can start talking about important things like what kind of wax we're using and um sounds good thanks Ari. thank you Ketzel it is always a pleasure to talk and um enjoy the night shifts before the birthday I hope you can get your calendar scheduled out before the big race also remember if you want fast skis and less stress a professional wax package from Pioneer Midwest is a great way to go Go to PioneerMidwest.com and use the promo code PODCAST when you're there. We'll have at least a couple more episodes before the race, including check-ins on weather and condition. So keep your feet up to date, rate, and subscribe. And remember to tell all your friends, even the ones who don't care about the Berkey and don't want to hear any more of it, maybe they want to hear more from me. Who knows?